All right, this is a counting <laughs> podcast, so I'll say. <laughs> oh, no. My dice tap. Uh, I have it. my dice sword fell over. Ah. Uh, oh no. Rip. <laughs> um. Okay, so this is a counting podcast. I'll say one. Christina says two, and then Casey will mm-hmm. say three. Mm-hmm. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Wonderful. Awesome. Also, Yay! I came prepared today. I opened up the spreadsheet last night. Oh, wow. Fancy. Good for you, Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> also, let your fiancé know that they can feel free to just yell at us whenever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, he's in the next room, so... This is a podcast that welcomes a peanut gallery. I will make note that that, but I'm yeah. afraid that if I let him watch another episode, he will go mad. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> We'll just have him on separately. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Oh, it's going to be very mm-hmm. interesting. And <laughs> I'm seriously considering s- singing what I remember of the Dare theme song to introduce this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I considered actually getting drunk for this episode, but I was too lazy to actually buy alcohol. Fair. And also, <laughs> probably not a good idea to get day drunk on the day where I'm probably going to be going to see Venom after this. No. I mean, I feel like Venom, your enjoyment of Venom could possibly be improved by a well-crafted cocktail or maybe just a Smirnoff ice. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Time for Venom. Have I talked to you about how the Venom song sounds like just a motorcycle? No, I don't think I've heard the Venom song, Tanner. (laughs) Oh, it's basically just Eminem making motorcycle noises going, time for Venom. (laughs) Venom. (laughs) It's like he's a transformer. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we riff the show Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out Why we love this show Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To loser like me Loser like me Hello and welcome to Loser Like Me, a podcast where we recap and review all of the Glee episodes. And we've managed to do all of them. Well, I've been sober. I don't know about Christina, but... (laughs) I'm pretty sure I've been sober. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, I'm Tanner and I'm safe up high. Nothing can touch me. Uh, Something something sober. (laughs) They didn't even sing that song. It's such a waste. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My name is Christina and... I don't want to spend my life jaded waiting to wake up one day and find that I lived, that I spent all these years of life wasted. <laughs> Which is another song they could have sung in this episode by Carrie Underwood. <laughs> it came out in 2005. It would have been valid, but Glee hates country. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, and we continue our guest of Palooza this week with another guest. It's Casey. Hi. Um, if I sound hoarse, I've been into the fog with my job. Yes. Casey's a horse? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's not the first time I've been on here. Uh, Well, I've been with Christine on her podcast, so you can hear how I usually sound like. Right now, I'm a little bit, well, I'm not blaming it on the alcohol. I'm blaming it on the fog. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because we are recording this in spooky season. Cheers. Spooky scary. And what's scarier than alcohol abuse? Ooh. (laughs) 
Oh, what's scarier than uh, Ryan Murphy not admitting about bisexuality? Woo! Oh, God. <sighs> I know. Uh, I have a lot to talk about with that part. Oh, we're going to get into it. Yep. But oh, yes. before we get into it, Casey, with this podcast, when we have guests on, we like to hear about your prior experience with Glee, both the show and the extracurricular, or awareness of Glee, the show and the extracurricular. Ooh. Um, well, I actually originally got into it because I was hanging out with the show choir group during my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. I think I saw like the second episode. I actually thought it was the first episode. <laughs> my mistake. Yeah. I enjoyed it at the time. I went through it through it. I even watched the Glee Project. I even got the Glee in concert DVD. Um, nice. I nice. even knew about the Kurt and Blaine Dalton's fan fiction. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. What, We're going to have to look at that one yeah, day. Yeah, <laughs> but I think the most uh, famous is where I actually stopped watching Glee. I stopped halfway through season three, and the yeah. last episode I watched, and the last thing I remember, is seeing Quinn getting hit by a car on the On My Way episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, foreshadowing. Yep. <laughs> Oops. Foreshadowing. Yeah, there's no spoilers in this podcast. Uh, okay, never mind. Like, I <laughs> well, no, no, like, yes, no, nothing counts as a spoiler. Yeah, that's when I stopped watching it, and then I just mm-hmm. read everything that happened, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm grateful. I stopped, and I had gone back uh, a few years ago to review the pilot for my show, Miss Night Reviews, and I had brought up a good point in my research, is that Rachel Berry, oh my god, I hate her, Rachel Berry, is the personification <laughs> of the seventh deadly sin of pride. Because no matter what something bad happens, they ignore it and go how good she is getting everything that she wants because she is too full of herself with pride. And I stick mm. with that completely. And also now learning about all the other controversies that happen so much. Yep. I po- My fiance had pointed out how uh, they're like, how many people are dead? And then we're like, in real life, um, three. There are in- wait, who the actor who, who actor who plays Puck is dead. Oh, I forgot about him. And then they're like, this is hard to watch when you know three people are dead in this episode, and it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. But besides that, I kind of tried watching Smash that was inspired by it, kind of, but mm-hmm, with Gle- mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. of course the Glee Project was a thing. It's nice mm-hmm. that there's some good things that came from the Glee Project, and those couple people actually managed to do something good for themselves. Yes. Yes. But I gave up the bad way I didn't have to see part halfway through season three, because they just got repetitive and boring. Even with Darren Chris. I will say season three is my favorite season, but, like, yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Man, if I had my friend Holly, she watched, had watched it, she would talk so much about... Like, how Darren Chris basically helped the show a bit, and now he's seen with the Muppets, and it's also an award winner. Yes. Oh. But this episode, oh my god, I, <laughs> when you had, when I, you're, when you gave the form of, like, which episodes I want to do, I just looked at the list of episodes I remembered, and mm-hmm. just, like, okay, I'll just type some random ones and see what happens. When he said, <laughs> and when this one was the only one, I was like, I can't remember. Is this good or bad? 
It was bad. <laughs> it was so bad. I kind of wish I was drinking during that when I was watching it the other night. But I also had to rewatch an episode for another podcast I was doing, guest starring this past weekend. So couldn't do that. <laughs> so real quick, before I forget, did you two hear... That Jane Lynch is going to be in a Broadway revival of Funny Girl? Yes, I did! And I saw on TikTok of a, like, it was a TikTok that actually showed uh, Sue reacting to Rachel and Funny Girl. And she's like, I, I can't. I, I-, I gotta leave. I'm about to th- throw up. And then it cuts to the actual article. And I look at that and I go, mm-hmm. yes. But also I'm very happy for the actress that's going to be playing the main character because she's like, Need more curvy ladies. We need more curvy ladies in in the oh, main roles. All right, because that's Beanie Feldstein, yeah. isn't it? It's who? Yeah. Oh, Beanie. Beanie Feldstein. Awesome. Good for her. Yeah. My favorite part about finding out the whole like Jane Lynch is going to be a funny girl thing is like that the top the quote tweet that I saw this that I that I saw it in was like you know she blocked that girl's number before they announced <laughs> this. <laughs> well, it's also kind of funny how many of uh, musical properties that Glee held. In their clutches at the time, mm-hmm. and I think one of I think they held Funny Girl because they were using it, and I think like they stopped yeah. with their rights like a couple years ago. Jeez, like imagine being like, yeah, sorry that we that you have this cast that would be perfect for a revival of Funny Girl, but we can't do anything with it because Ryan Murphy has it held in his clutches. He's sitting on th- wait, he, but he didn't actually own the rights. They would have just licensed the I think songs. It was licensed- right? Yeah, I feel like it's licensing issues, but I think like Ryan Murphy okay. did have plans for something. I don't know what. I remember seeing something like that. Oh, like Ryan Murphy. But, okay, yeah, I wouldn't put it past Ryan Murphy to try and produce a Funny Girl revival using the cast Not of Glee. Not to mention that he still had Lena Michelle in his employ when he did the first season of Scream Queens. Yep, that is something that happened. <laughs> I will say that I did see in the fog Emma Roberts, and I think I scared her. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I have a weird connection to uh, Ryan Murphy now. <laughs> I spooked one of your cast members. Yes. The real American horror story. <laughs> Indeed. Equal opportunity spooks. Hmm. <sighs> Everyone gets spooked. Doesn't matter your tax bracket. <laughs> Shall we begin? Yes. Yes, the this week we are watching Blame It on the Alcohol. Mm-hmm. It is episode 14 of season 2, aired on February 22nd, 2011. Mm-hmm. Written, no, directed by, no, no, written by Ian Brennan, directed by Eric Stoltz. Mm-hmm. This is his second episode after duets, and I can't remember if we mentioned on this episode that Eric Stoltz's biggest claim to fame is that he was almost Marty McFly. Yes, we did mention that. Oh my god, he, he, okay. he started writing what? Oh my god. Oh, I just learned something new today. <laughs> Hey, something positive came out of this podcast, aside from camaraderie. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the episode begins with an epidemic. Yes. All of the giggle giggle juice. Yeah. Alcohol. The wet devil. Booze. Sorry, I'm just thinking of Leela and the Futurama. The wet willies. The screaming moist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, Figgins tells Will that there have been five suspensions this month alone for people having booze on school grounds because mm-hmm. there are new alcoholic beverages that are marketed to children doing, due to pop music by Kadollar Sign Ha. I, yes. I hated that. That was painful. No, I love I love Kadollar Sign Ha. I think it's funny. <laughs> well, 
Well, then the thing is, he's telling, well, we'll do an alcohol awareness week. And then as soon as that happens, like a student is just cheering for the principal and is like six. I'm like, you don't know if he was drunk. Yeah. He could have just been a freak. Could have been high on cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) True. It is glee. Yeah. We haven't had an episode about uh, about pain medication yet. We never did, I don't think. Oh, thank God. I thought they were setting one up in season three, but instead uh, they just had Matt Bomer show up. Ah. Uh, but that's almost a year away, so. Yeah. Anyway, Fagans, Principal Fagans is like, Will, I would like you to have New Directions perform an anti-drinking song at the assembly to cap off Alcohol Awareness Week. And he's like, okay, well, uh, we'll see what we can rustle up, I guess. And <laughs> then we go into another weird scene. Will gives Emma a toaster in the hopes that she'll stop cucking him. Yeah. He's like, hey, <laughs> I, heard, I heard you and your husband, Carl Stamos, are looking for a house. So have a toaster as a preemptive housewarming present. Yeah. Even though I love that. I watched this on Netflix and I forgot they, mm-hmm. they kept the previously on segments on there. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is just recapping all the relationship stuff that may not be important. Cool. Yeah. But also, oh yeah, this is when she married the dentist, but she still mm-hmm. wants to fuck Will. Am I, wait, am I allowed to say fuck? Yes. yes. Thank yes. you. We wouldn't be able to make this podcast without okay. it. Also, I love how every, I love how every episode is like, wait, can we cuss? And we're like, please, cuss more. I forgot to ask that before we started. <laughs> No, you're fine. You're fine. But it's still nuts. I kind of get reminded of when I was watching this of how, my God, I cannot believe she still has a job at, or at this still. Like, who? Emma or Sue? No, um, Mr. Shu. Ah. Because, like, out from, like, yeah, he can be, like, a little bit blindsided, but I'm still surprised he doesn't focus on the Glee Club when he realized, like, later on, like, I believed you were drunk. No. No, you, you, you don't. No, but then I just I love the moment where Sue comes in and she's is just hammering that Will has an alcohol problem. Well, let's be specific. She says he doesn't have an alcohol problem yet, but he will because in a surprising callback to season one, Sue once again created a staff vacancy by pushing someone down the stairs and putting them in the hospital. That was the only time (laughs) me and my friends were laughing was when we it cuts to the scene of Sue pushing this guy. He falls down. He's like, "Oh, I'm okay." Uh-huh. She goes down, pushes him more, and we're just laughing. We had to yeah. stop the episode. Yeah, and Sue Sue has taken over as the leader of uh, the other uh, show choir, Oral Oral, Oral intensity. intensity, and she pushes this this poor choir director down the stairs twice at a school, which I would like to mention. There is, the school's apparently called Westvale because they have a banner in the stairwell called the Westvale Wizards. I did not see that. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's delightful. Oh, man. Their football team is entirely made of LARPers. <laughs> Fireball! Fireball! <laughs> I cast Moon Burst on you. <laughs> but yeah, she shoves him down the stairs and she's like, now is the only qualified performing coach in the area i will be your glee club coach now and i'm going to cause my arch nemesis to develop a drinking problem and we're gonna win and everyone's like what is her deal (laughs) because this is jane lynch playing sue and she i forgot how much actually loved jane lynch's acting in this 
just so straight faced, but is able to do it so well. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the next episode, um, <laughs> the next episode, <laughs> the next episode. All You're right. getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> Shortest episode of Loser Like Me ever. In the next scene, uh, Puck is going up to Rachel. And he's like, hey, I heard your dads are out of town. We should have a party. And Rachel's like, no, my father's trust me. And he's like, yes, because you're boring and you'll never do anything. I mean, yeah. he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Es- uh-uh. Especially in the very, like, a couple minutes later, Ben and Rachel have, what, their millionth breakup? It's not <laughs> even a breakup. They're like... Hey, I know we're broken up, but I just want to be friends again. That, yeah. But you hurt me. But we'll be friends. Rachel, I don't trust you, but I do believe in you. And I love you, Finn, but I won't pursue you. Okay, Rachel. (sighs) Don't don't they get back together like two episodes later? They get back together by the end of the season. Yeah. Remember the the kiss that missed? Yeah, nope, the kiss that man should make them lose. My God. (laughs) I remember that. And I remember... (laughs) That won't be for a long while, but I remember Santana just yelling at at Rachel in Spanish. Then that was glorious. Yeah. But for this one... That should happen more often. Real quick, we have established in this episode that Rachel is spending, presumably, a week alone in her house by herself. Yeah. Did this happen to either of you two growing up as teenagers? Like, did your parents or... Not during school. It usually happened during summer vacation. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Were you in the house... Like, were you by yourself, or like, did you go stay no, with family I was on my or own. something? Oh, I was, I was on my own. Well, oh wow. Well, when I was little, my parents would drop me off with my grandma, with my brother. When we got mm-hmm. older, uh, my brother would be over eighteen. He would be watching me, but my folks will only be gone for like uh, they'll leave in the morning. They come back at night, and but besides that, like I'm an adult. They man should be like on their own like for a while, so. Not really ever been in, like, a teenager by myself for, like, more than a day without my parents. So. Okay. Interesting. I have. They'd go on a trip and I wouldn't want to go with them, partly because I was working over the summer. So they'd leave me some pre-prepared meals and instructions on how to use the oven in case I needed to. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Because, again, they tr- they trusted me not to throw any te- wild teen parties on account of I had no friends. Aww. Oh, Tanner. <laughs> but for Rachel's case. I, I-, I was going to say real quick, like... I never had a I never had a situation where I was like left alone in the house for any like for for any period of time more than you know like hey mom and dad have to go meet with insurance agent or something like I was never left alone overnight because my family is a family of homebodies hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> I think the only time growing up that either my brother or I were like left alone or were staying at home while our parents were away was I think when my parents were moving me into college and I think my brother just went to stay with my aunt for like the two days that we were moving me in and it, I was like so I was like who would leave a per- who would leave a child alone but the answer is parents who know that their child can take care of themselves yeah <laughs> So how about that headband? <laughs> I ha- I forgot about that song. I forgot that when I was watching it, we were like, what song is this? And I'm like, no way. Oh my God, this is when they started doing original songs. And we're all, and my friends, <laughs> my fiance and my friends were just like, oh my God, I hate this. I want to, no, no. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This song is introduced by 
like Casey and Tanner mentioned a little bit ago, was like, yeah, Rachel is like, hey, Finn, I summoned you here because I want you to hear my original song. And also, I need physical contact, please, because my dads are gone. And the song is called My Headband. And I watched the scene on mute. <laughs> I just skipped it. <laughs> I had to watch it because I had not seen it the episode in years, so... Oh. Yeah. It's it's bad. And it's bad because Rachel is trying to do line of sight songwriting. Just like, hey, you see this lamp? I'm gonna write a song about this lamp. And I love lamp. You know how yep. you know how I wore headbands in the first two seasons? Headband. What in the heck? I don't know. Like it it's she tried. I'm not even gonna give her a gold star. She really does not deserve her gold stars. <laughs> No, she does not. No. Rachel does not deserve any gold stars in this episode, in fact. I do like Finn's face journey where, like, he starts out all excited. He's like, yeah, Rachel's writing an original song, just like I said she could. Wait, is this about a headband? No, it's probably a metaphor that I don't understand. No way, no, this about is a about headband. a headband. Yeah. <laughs> I always feel bad for the piano player. I feel bad God for God bless him. Brad. It's fine, he's an automaton. I will say when I saw him, like, me and my friends made two comparison notes. One... He looks like Camille or songwriter Insane Ian. And two, he also looks like one of my uh, friend's brother. Huh. So th- that was funny. You know, I do kind of see the real resemblance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe in the in the Glee reboot, yeah, Insane can Ian can come on as son of Brad the oh Pianist. <laughs> you should totally do, tell, ask him to do that. Do that. TV son of TV's Brad the Pianist. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. But yeah, so so Finn is like, uh, that's a terrible song. It's it's bad. And then Rachel goes, but I listened to a bunch of uh, Carol King and Joni Mitchell, and they wrote from experience. And how can I write an original song if I don't have any experiences? I know. I'll have an alcohol party. <laughs> alcohol in quotation marks when she serves sparkling cider? Yeah. That's a Wait, what? That's what she said. Like, and when they, you first get to her party, she doesn't open her dad's liquor cabinet. She somehow acquired a bunch of sparkling cider. No, it was it was it was wine coolers. Oh yeah, wine. We're fancy wine coolers there. Yeah. Yeah, and then Puck's the one who uh, convinces her to let him break into the liquor cabinet. I think we we skipped a very important scene. Yes, we, we did. skipped a conference call. <laughs> oh yeah, we did. What was it? I love a Glee conference call. It was so good. We haven't seen one of these since, was it? Since Sectionals yeah, last season. Since Sectionals season one. It's a split scene uh, conference call between Brittany, Santana, Artie, Mercedes, and Puck. And they're like, okay, so this party is happening at Rachel's house. Mercedes says that she doesn't want to go unless Santana and Brittany are going to be there and unless there's going to be actual alcohol. And Puck is like, yeah, I can get us some, I can get us some liquor from my friend's ID. And I want to take a moment here to note that when Santana loops Puck in on their conference call, she refers to herself and Brittany as Santitany. And Artie and Mercedes is Art Sadies, and it's like, one of those is palatable, the other is not, and I'm so glad they went with Britannia for the ship name. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, I think I do remember one of the writers saying that they preferred Santitany to Britannia. How? And I'm like, why? Britannia sounds pretty. One of those is both a ship, is like, is a good ship name, and something that you could reasonably name a human child. I mean, the... The only point against Britannia is that it sounds like a water filter, but that's also a point in its favor. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. 
but yeah, they all agree that they're gonna go to the Rachel the Rachel Berry house party train wreck extravaganza just to see how bad it'll get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that's when we get to the party. Yes. Where Rachel has dressed herself up as a ghost widow, I guess. <laughs> I don't understand I don't what this dress is. It's a I don't know. Like sh- it's the it's it's from the seventies. <laughs> yeah. The 1870s. (laughs) Like, Rachel, I mean, Rachel tries so hard to dress in the old-fashioned 60s, 70s aesthetics, but it's like, it either will work, or she's just gonna look like a rejected American Girl doll. (laughs) There there it is. Oh, rejected American Girl doll? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's exactly it. Thank you, Casey. We will make use of this phrase. Yay! This thing doesn't even look like it fits right. Also, also, there's a self-portrait of her. Well, not a self-portrait. Oh, it might be a self-portrait if she's probably shit at painting, too. It's horrifying. It does <laughs> no, look I haunted. Feel, yeah. I don't feel like she painted it. She has no artistic talent, probably. It probably could have been her dad's. It could have been a different painter. Yeah. But it, it feels, yeah, it does feel the- creepy. <laughs> This is to say that she welcomes Kurt, Blaine, and Finn to the house party as they have to walk past the spooky portrait. And she's like, oh, hello, Kurt. I didn't know that you were coming. And Finn is like, Kurt blackmailed me when he saw my browser history into coming. I thought that was funny. Yeah, it, it's funny. It's it's a good brotherly moment. And of course, because Blaine is played by Darren Chris, he walks downstairs and immediately notices that there's a stage in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> which is set up for Mr. Barry and Mr. Barry's oscar watching party which i'm sorry but to only use the basement for an oscar watching party like minus the stage remove the stage the basement actually looks pretty cool like my yeah. and also minus the giant scary rachel berry painting mm-hmm. like the basement actually looks very nice it's retro style but of course as they get down there like mm-hmm. they're all they see that it's just so sad like no, yeah. like everyone is off to the sides, and like mm-hmm. they <laughs> real, real quick when Kurt and Finn and Blaine go downstairs, everyone is like sitting there sad, and it's like Quinn and Mercedes and Lauren are hanging out on the stage, and Quinn walks up to them, and Rachel's like, "Hey, girlfriend, having fun?" And Quinn's like, "Yes, so much fun." Because Santana is just, like, entirely surrounding Sam. <laughs> and they're making he out in a chair. His face off. Yeah. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I had forgotten that Sam and Quinn were a thing. Yeah. I mean, technically, only technically. Technically, yeah. But, yeah, no. I think Quinn is, like, having instant regret of even coming when she sees that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Rachel's handing out drink tickets. Only two sparkling ciders per person, so things don't get out of hand. Ciders or wine coolers? We can't remember what it was in the episode. It's wine coolers. (laughs) It's wine coolers. (laughs) They look like ciders. Yeah. It's it's weird because they look kind of like mini champagne bottles. Yes. But they're supposed to be wine coolers, and it's like everyone only gets two, and no sitting on anything. And as soon as everyone shows up, Mike and Tina and Brittany and Artie are like, yo, we gotta go. We got a dinner reservation. Yeah, and you forget. <laughs> and the thing is, is that when I see Mike, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're here. I wish they yeah. used them more. Like, Well, he does get same. several lines of this episode, so that was yeah, nice. Yeah, but also, I, at least I can remember the actor who plays him is married to Peridot from Steven Universe. Yeah. So that yeah. at least mm-hmm. that makes me happy. But all of them are like... 
want to leave the party because it's so boring. Uh-huh. And this is when we get that moment when Puck is like, Rachel, you have to let me break into your dad's liquor cabinet. I promise that I'm going to re- I will replace all the alcohol that we drink tonight before they get back. And Finn is like, yeah, sounds legit. And it happens. The adults yeah. playing teenagers pretending to be te- drunk teenagers begins. I wonder if they genuinely like had alcohol available for this. Like, well, no. Okay. That, 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 that would be counterproductive. Yeah. Yeah. I listen. Here, here's what I know: is that the best way to act drunk is to act like you're trying not to act drunk. Yeah. Duly noted. My my knowledge base is formed on the episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000, Quest for the Delta Knights, where they were, in fact, drinking on set. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Because they, they said, like, hey, here's the props list. We need bottles of alcohol. That... And their props, their props diva was like, okay, guess I'm going to buy alcohol. That's not good. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. no I mean, no. It, was, it was one scene and then they were fine. Oh my god, that's so... And also they were all they were all adults playing adults. Mm. Yeah, but here where adults are playing teens, like Yeah. I have seen like two different types of people drunk. I've seen my friend who did uh drinking through the movies uh sh- live streams, seen him get drunk watching a bad movie, and I've only been like not really drunk. I can only handle like half of a white claw, but before I get like very tired drunk and a little loopy. But here, it's like, full on, woo! It's a rager. Yeah, it's yeah. a rager. It's like, woo, party! It is drunkenness on par with when I got blackout drunk on New Year's oh, Eve. Oh, no. I then proceeded to confess my crush to a straight friend, and then I accused a completely different friend of not being allowed back in our D&D group because he wasn't queer enough. Oh, my God, oh, Tanner. <laughs> Tanner. I li- now, of course, when I got sober, I apologized for both of those, and they were like, ah, oh, it was like, well, the first one said it was flattering and kind of funny, and the second one said that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> the point is, uh, yeah. Santana is now doing shots off of Britney's stomach, you know, in a totally heterosexual way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I-, I feel like we need to talk through things that we see in this montage, which, because it was filmed in either 2010 or 2011 is set over like a G6. Yeah. Uh, my When that song appeared, appeared and, we had closed captions on. Like, actually, yeah. we had set, and when I, we could hear, see the read the subtitles of the song and we're, and they're like, G6, really? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's coming back. Yeah, they're sipping on scissor. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I really liked this montage, actually, even though I don't condone teen drinking, teen unsafe drinking. But it's it's fun because, like, you see them, like, doing tequila shots. <laughs> and there's a part where, like like Tanner mentioned, um, in a totally heterosexual manner, Santana does body shots off of Britney's stomach. <laughs> there's a part where we can see that Artie commandeered Britney's petal shrug. Puck stole Lauren's glasses. <laughs> Yeah. I was wondering where those came from. Yeah. And uh, there's a part where Blaine is like, whoa, Finn, you're so tall. It's so cool that you and Kurt are brothers. There's a part where he yells, best part ever. Woo! And also there's a moment when like Kurt is just doing this weird like. He's voguing. He's, yeah. He's voguing. But then when he cuts to Blaine draw dancing, we were like, who put the fork in the garbage disposal? 
that's just blind dancing to the yeah it's yeah Kurt Kurt and Finn are still sober uh, because Finn is the designated driver for I guess everyone and Kurt is just trying to impress Blaine he says can't get too sloppy clearly Blaine doesn't have the same priorities Mm -hmm. and then of course there's like there was a moment that almost was funny with Rachel first saying it tastes like pink Almost funny, and then she ruined it by saying it again, and my fiance was like, ugh, had a good joke and yeah. ruined it. Yeah, Rachel's not even a funny no. drunk. Real quick, before I forget, that whole thing with Blaine yelling, like, best party ever, it's a call forward. This episode got Blaine into the music video for Last Friday Night by Katy Perry, which yeah. then let Darren Chris sing the song next season. Yeah. Oh my god, it's this foreshadowing! Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's out of canon foreshadowing because like I had to double check like the release date for last Friday night, and it did come out after this episode of Glee, which meant that they likely filmed Blame It on the Alcohol, and then Darren Chris was asked to be in Katy Perry's music video, and I guess he just decided to say the same thing in the music videos he did in Glee. I was gonna say, wasn't Kevin McHale also in that music video too? Ah, uh, probably. He was. Yeah. Oh my god. That is glorious. Yeah. I think the one th- funny part is like, as like, we see Rachel go to Finn and she wants, I think, to make out with him or something? She wants to dance with him. Yeah. And then he lists off the five stages of different drunkness. And then- I wrote it down. Yeah. But the thing is, they're they're like, but he missed other stages of drunkness too. Like the sleepy one and the, and other ones. There's other more stages, not just five. Yeah, he he sits Rachel down because she's being very touchy feely, and he's like, "Okay, let's go through examples of drunk of drunkenness." Santana is the weepy hysterical drunk, who we then cut to as she's yelling at Sam. Yeah, and she's yelling, "You like her, meaning Quinn, more than me. She's so blonde and awesome and smart and so smart." And then she says, oh, I hate you. No, come back. I want to kiss you. Yeah. And I, 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 I love that with Satana, though. It's also just like, oh, Satana, you're going to be so much better with Brittany. Yeah. And we then go to the angry girl drunks who are Quinn and Lauren, who are circling <laughs> Puck like a pair of harassing vultures. I love that. I used to have abs. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Who told you that hairstyle was cool? I, I cannot. I I always get angry that because uh, the actor plays Puck, he looked better bald, and then he grew back the stupid hair mocha. My fiance's like, I wish he would shave it, and I, I'm like, I'm like, I think he does again this season, but then I realize he didn't. Yeah. And then Brittany's the stripper drunk, uh-huh. which isn't shocking. She's, I think, she's on top of the dryer, uh-huh. and Artie's just going, "Woo, that's my girlfriend! Make it a rain." <laughs> Yep. Yep. And I look at that and I go, I forgot how Brittany how hot Brittany is. <laughs> <laughs> Mercedes and Tina are the happy drunks and they're just giggling and everything. Aw. That's me. <laughs> a little bit of me, but eh. also a little bit of the tired drunk, which is ignored in this. Yeah. Yeah. And then Rachel is the needy drunk. Yeah. She's being all uh like hanging all over Finn, being overly lovey. It's not cool. Nope. Mm-hmm. Major Glee party flower, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I fit into the category of either like chill drunk or like very functional drunk. Because yeah. I don't think I've actually ever been drunk in my life. Ooh. The two times that I got close, one time 
I had no idea that I was drunk until I woke up the next morning hungover. Ouch. And I mean, it was fine. And the other one was when I was like, oh, I'll try a Long Island. I've heard that's a drink that exists. And then you ended up like Marge Simpson when she tried it. <laughs> I don't know that reference. Oh, Mar- oh Marge. I- it was an episode of uh, with Marge Simpson. It's the episode where Homer remembers his, I think, his memories from a school or something. But that's when Marge kept on drinking a bunch of Long Island iced teas. I could be wrong with the episode. I don't know. I'm going to take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> All I know is that I was like sitting there drinking it. And I was like, I need to drink water. I need to stop drinking this. And then I was fine. <laughs> But yeah, Rachel Rachel realizes, like, when Finn is like, you are being clingy. And she kind of, like, leans back and, like, slaps his shoulder a couple of times. <laughs> and then stands up and yells, who wants to play Spin the Bottle? And cuts to commercial break. And then back from commercial break. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're all spinning the bottle. Yeah. And I know the first one, it's Brittany, it's Brittany and Santana. It's Brittany and Sam. Brittany and Sam. Mm-hmm. And Santana's like, remember, that's my boy. And I look at that and like, Santana, Brittany's right there. Kiss her. You're concerned about the wrong half of the equation, Santana. Yeah. Polycule, y'all. <laughs> They're not mature enough to have a polycule. In real life, they wouldn't be, but this is Glee. Yep. Yeah. So they wouldn't be. And then, yeah. who was the next after the spin bottle? Was it Blaine and Rachel? Um... Yeah, our yeah, that went to Blaine was, and Rachel. Yeah. And this is played over the song, Johnny, Are You Queer? <laughs> I didn't realize <laughs> it. Oh my god. But that was the shortest spin the bottle, though. I I think we're supposed to assume that stuff happened before, like, we just saw the tail end of it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. then Rachel goes to kiss Blaine, and it goes on to almost full-on make-out. And poor, poor traumatized Kurt is sitting there like, okay, we're done with this. It's fine. I'm not having to sit here and watch my crush make out with one of my arch rival nemesis friends. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. And this week, uh, Rachel and Kurt are frenemies. They like to go back and forth between being besties to being frenemies. A lot. They do. Like, I, I really cannot seek their friendship, especially when they move in as roommates for college. I can't really see that. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then, of course, Rachel gets so excited. She takes Blaine up to the stage to sing karaoke, and they sing, Don't You Want Me, Baby. Mm-hmm. And there's the thing. When this was playing, my fiance was like, this is the whitest version of the song I've ever heard. Fair. Because <laughs> the thing is, it got good with, with Darren Chris. It was good. And then Lee and Michelle joined. It's just a very underwhelming song. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was fine. It was fine. Like. Yeah, it's exactly fine. It, mm-hmm. But also, it it's just ramifications of a, oh, so much ramifications. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fun background scenes, too, because, like, while they're singing this and stuff and, you know, like, jumping up and down. In a very authentic teen karaoke move. Also, I'm surprised how they're jumping, <laughs> considered how drunk they are. Yeah, they reach the point of, they reach the stage of energy. Yeah. As, as we, like, pan around the room, we see, like, oh, it's like Lauren, Finn, and Mercedes are sitting there politely listening attentively to the singing. Kurt is pining for Blaine as he's singing, and Quinn is pining because Santana and Sam are making out in a chair again. And then we see Tina and Mike just, like, just vibing in the background. Hmm. <laughs> Oh god. And then we get to cut to the morning after. Oh my god, we get cut to Kurt's dad going upstairs because Kurt promised him 
cooking lessons. Goes up. Mm -hmm. For brunch. For brunch. Where his wife goes up the stairs, opens the door, sees Kurt getting ready, but then looks at Kurt's bed, sees Blaine fully clothed with a hangover. Yeah, and... God bless Bert Hummel, because he's like, I am sorry. I am going to turn around and mind my own business and wait to talk about this until my until I have a chance to talk with my son one on one. Good morning. Farewell. And then walks away. And the, but the, here's the thing that kind of strikes me as going kind of going. Okay, this is really much television logic. After that scene, it cuts to Monday, where most of the Glee Club is wearing sunglasses, claiming they still have a hangover. From the party on Saturday. And I'm like, no, bullshit. They should not have this long lingering hangover. You all have tumors. (laughs) Yeah. Uh. Like, it makes no logical sense. They just want, they didn't want to have a party on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's concerning. (laughs) Yes. Although the hangover jokes themselves did amuse me. Yes. Brittany has to close her locker and it's going to sound like a gunshot. Santana's mom caught her dry heaving, and she said she was practicing her bird calls. Yeah. Also, has no teacher stopping that any of these kids for, that they're wearing sunglasses indoors? That's clearly a sign of being because hot. the teachers at the school are terrible. Yeah, they are. No one cares. <laughs> the buffoonery. My God. Yeah. Mike told his mom that he had the flu, and so she made him a traditional Chinese cure tea made from panda hair. Asian. Asians! Did you know that they're Asian? The writers need to make sure you know they're Asian. Asian. And then Artie just comes in and is like, I've had some Bloody Marys, y'all! With with Puck, and I'm trying to think who else was with him. I think it was just Puck. No, Puck, no, there was I think uh, Brit- no wait, Brittany was not there. He just rolls up, he's like, want more like Bloody Marys? And they're like, why do you want us to drink? It's a cure for hangovers. Hair of the dog that bit y'all ass. And they just go with it. Yep. And then the, <laughs> it, what immediately starts playing as Artie it rams his chair, his wheelchair into the lockers is blame it on the alcohol. He's drunk driving. This whole song is uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable watching them going through the halls getting drunk again as they sing this song. Like, yeah. before it cuts the, all of them on stage. Singing and dancing, and also clearly drunk as they're doing this. Which, can I say, I'm very impressed that, depending on how much Bloody Mary each of them had, that they're able to still remember the lyrics and sing. Honestly, I thought it was a fun musical number. Like, I'm impressed that nobody threw up on the spinning couch. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I thought they did a good job, like, executing their performance. And I liked that, hey, Mercedes got to do some lead singing. Yeah. Even though Rachel shows up at the end of the number. But hey, Mercedes gets lead. We love to see it. Yeah, Mercedes and Artie get lead with Puck and Santana. Yeah. Oh my god, I just realized Rachel gets two freaking songs. Everyone else still gets one. God damn. Does my headband count as a song? No. I don't know. (laughs) I honestly do not know. Christina, I will agree with you, though. I did... Like the, the lighting, I did like the dancing, I liked the way that it was shot. Blaming on the alcohol was a very good number. It's just weird within context. It's weird, yeah. yeah. Especially because, like, as soon as after the song ends, like I mentioned earlier, Shu applauds them for the performance and said, I really did believe some of you were drunk. And I go, look at that, I go, Mr. Shu, why haven't you been fired yet? <laughs> because Lima, Ohio, in the universe of Glee, 
is a desert of educators. And so they're taking anybody who can pick up an education diploma off the back of a truck. Basically. Remember, this is the same teacher that planted medical marijuana on Finn to force him to join the Glee Club in the pilot episode. Finn doesn't know that. And Finn's, yeah. Yet. Nope. He ne- Only the audience does. He will never know that. I don't think he's ever been told. No, Will tells him before graduation. Are you, are you fucking kidding me? And Finn is like, wow, what a wacky story, Mr. Shu. I'm glad it brought us together. Oh my god, Finn, you are fucking <laughs> Oh my fucking god, yeah. I'd be pissed. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyways, uh, Will is like, hey, I'm glad that you guys are so great at acting drunk, but shouldn't you sing about the dangers of alcohol? And everyone's like, songs, there's no songs about alcohol bad, because alcohol, good. Yeah, Rachel is like, Mr. Shu, if I may, first off, that vest looks great on you. And secondly, maybe there's no songs because there are no dangers as long as you would drink responsibly and have a designated and driver. And then Amelia hits on Mike. Yeah, she she like leans against. Is like, have I ever told you how great you are? And then Tina pulls him away before anything escalates. Because yep. Tina's like, nope, yep. you're not stealing my boyfriend. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, and then Will asks about alcohol poisoning, and Santana just starts weeping. Yeah, he's like, alcohol poisoning kills four hundred people a year. And Santana immediately turns into Britney's shoulder and starts crying. And she's like, are are you okay? She's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, this gets Mr. Shu, like, his assignment to try and find a song that warns about the teacher's alcohol. I look at that, I go, okay, can- not counting the Dare song, there really isn't. Oh, there- there's some. There's some? Like, were there released during this time? Yeah. I mean, Tanner mentioned at the beginning um, the song Sober by Pink, and um, I mentioned the song Wasted by Carrie Underwood. Oh my, um, oh my god, I, Call Me When You're Sober is from Essence. That was released before this. Can you, oh, can you imagine Kurt singing Call Me When You're Sober? God. He could hit well, those Well, here's notes. the thing. If mm-hmm. this was made, if they sang that song during Glee, it, they would have pushed Kurt and would have been Lee Michelle. She would have been like, give me. But we're giving, gonna give it to Kurt. Give me! Oh my god, Tanner. No, but it makes more sense within the context of this episode. It should have been in this Kurt episode. Kurt could be calling Blaine. I'm looking at the lyrics right now because I don't think I've actually heard this song since high school, if that. And like, the lyrics just like, like, don't cry to me. If you love me, you would be here with me. Should I let you fall, lose it all so maybe you can remember yourself? I can't keep believing. We're only deceiving ourselves and I'm sick of the lie and you're too late. Oh my god, they really missed out on the potential to have Kurt sing this. Okay, I do I do have to do a quick tangent here to point out the fact that actually, when I was writing a season four fanfic, yes. I did have sing, Kurt sing Call Me When You're Sober oh, mashed yeah. up with How to Save a Life. I oh. Yes, I remember you telling me about that, Tanner. I was going to say, didn't they sing How, How to Save a Life? Or I don't think they did. Oh, that's another song. I think they only sang about on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Like, that's another song they could have used. Oh, see, if they were singing that song, this would have gone to a darker place. Yeah. And I I will give this episode credit, and I'm, I'm kind of studying this from a review of the episode that I read years ago when the episode came out, pointing out the fact that, like, this is very much a very special episode. Yes. But, like, there are no permanent ramifications for this no which is good because like if this was a show that came out in the 90s then they would have introduced a friend of the glee club who then died a drunk driving accident in order to teach them how alcohol is bad Mm -hmm. yeah so they just do texting yeah in this case it's a very hour-long special episode where uh there's so much drama in between yep Oh. But yeah, Quinn tells Will that it's very hypocritical of him to complain about teens drinking when adults drink all the time and all the commercials are about drinking 
and everyone seems like having a fun time, so why wouldn't kids look at alcohol and think it sounds like a good fun time? Yeah. She's not wrong. It makes it makes Will worry that he's out of touch Thursdays. Am I <laughs> old? <laughs> and that's like almost literally what he says to Coach Beast when they have their lunchtime talk. And once again, Coach Beast produces an entire rotisserie chicken for his lunch. <laughs> yeah. And then he's he's like, well, what do you do to relax? And was like, well, I, I exercise. Like, no, what do you do for fun? Non-productive fun. And Will's like, well, I don't know. And so Coach Beast is like, you're coming with me to a honky-tonk bar this weekend. Oh my god. It really... Oh, oh my god. How How is it that this alcohol awareness week lasts for two... Does it last for two weeks or is it like an upcoming future? We're never given a date. I'm pretty sure it just lasts the one week. Mm-hmm. But I think this is... Well, mm. Unless... I think the episode starts on the Friday. And Figgins is saying, start, like, the, the, we're supposed to get that after this weekend, Alcohol Awareness Week starts. Mm. So Alcohol Awareness Week starts with the Glee kids being drunk and performing Blame It on the Alcohol. Mm. Yes. I think that timeline sounds good. Yeah, given the fact that it takes them, like, a few days to sing and dance to the choreography, it probably would be, like, a, a week. Mm-hmm. They, they don't need to practice choreography. They've never had to practice choreography. And yeah, there's never a choreographer. <laughs> I'm surprised how Shu's able to give them the, the dance moves sometimes. <laughs> yes. I feel like it's because once they introduced Mike and Brittany, Mike and Brittany probably took over choreography. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Hey, time for the biphobic section of the oh episode. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Everyone's favorite. I'm by and I hate it! I also hate it, Casey. <laughs> I hate it so much. We cut to Rachel with a glass of Lady Sparkle rosé wine. Oh, Rachel, you already have alcoholism. Yeah. yeah. And she calls she calls Blaine while he's out getting coffee with Kurt. And she's like, we don't hear their conversation, but it turns out that she asked him out on a date and Blaine said yes. And Kurt is like, how could you say yes to dating a girl when you are gay like me? And the thing is that one of my friends brought up that they would have had Blaine be, be like the first bi character ever, but unfortunately, this is a show written by Ryan Murphy. And yep, I don't. So yeah. as my one of my friends pointed out, did Ryan Murphy have a bad experience with bisexuality and just hated bisexuals since then? No, honestly, I think this is just a product of the general biphobia of the times. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's a specific Ryan Murphy thing. I think this is we living in a society. Yeah. Because yeah. apparently gay guys and lesbians are okay, but a bisexual they don't exist full. Yeah, well it was the it was the whole thing of like bisexuals ruining the sanctity of the gay and lesbian thing because then it makes people confused and ruins the brand. Like that was that was that's basically the rhetoric. That's still the rhetoric <laughs> of today even. Yeah. Like when Kurt was basically being almost biphobic by basically saying the the line that made me no what? he's being biphobic not basically yeah, he is. okay <laughs> he is being biphobic where to the point where my friends literally stopped the episode where it was like he said a bisexual is just a gay guy holding hands with a girl throughout high school and my friend yeah. my fiance paused it and all my friends groaned and it was my first time actually knowing that because I half paid attention to it and then actually seeing yeah. the text I'm like. Oh my fucking god! Yeah, mm-hmm. it, this this whole conversation, Blaine is like, 
well, like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to try going on a date with Rachel because even though we were drunk at the time when we kissed, it felt nice. And I need to, I need to learn about myself and figure out my feelings. Like, I might not be exclusively into boys. <laughs> yeah, he even said that this, isn't this around the time that we actually explore our sexuality? Like, our preferences? Yeah. And then when he gets, he gets so mad at Kurt that he's like, I would say bye, but I don't think you would like it. Wait, I, 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 he, Blaine does say that when, when he leaves, but I feel like we need to address that Kurt is like, Blaine, I've put you on a pedestal for being the model of gay youth in Ohio. Uh. Uh, and then Blaine is like, I didn't like take any screenshots or write it down exactly, but Blaine said something to the effect of like, look, Kurt, you're trying to police my feelings. And is that any better than what Karofsky was like trying to police your feelings and your mm -hmm. expressions of yourself? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not police, but regulate. Mm. Well, especially get the fact that Kurt tells us that how he had to leave that school because of the bullying. But then he comes back in a few more, a couple more episodes. So yeah. all that money that their parents wasted on their honeymoon. Also, real quick, Blaine makes a hilarious face when he's having feelings about Kurt imposing biphobia upon him, and I'm just gonna put it in the group chat. Yeah, because <laughs> it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Darren Chris's expressions are so <laughs> wonderful. He does. Darren Chris is someone who acts with his whole face. Yeah. Yeah. I just hate this scene so much. Where do we go to next? Do we go to the honky tonk bar? Yeah, that's where Will is gonna yee his haw. Yeah, yep. he rides a bull. They drink a lot. He sings a, a bourbon, a scotch, and a beer. And yeah, mm -hmm. he brings Beastie onto stage too to sing. And the thing is, yeah. and the thing is, I was like, why don't I remember this? And then I, they sing the song like, oh, that's why I don't remember it. This was boring. Exactly. I thought it was fine. I, I skipped this one too. I would like to mention here that around the Honky Tonk Bar, Coach Beast is referred to as Shannon the Cannon. I loved it. <laughs> which I, I feel like needs to be retained somewhere. Yes. Like, I don't know if there was a way that Coach Beast could like retrofit that after his transition, but like that's a very powerful name to be known by. Oh no, we should, should call Shannon Maynard, Maynard Shannon the Cannon. Ooh. Just tweet it at her, and she'd be like, what are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I did, I, I thought this musical number was fine. Like, Coach Beast gets to do a little bit of singing during it. Oh, yeah. And in the background of the Honky Tonk Bar, we see them doing some line dances, which actually were kind of familiar to me from doing, like, dances in college and stuff. It was so country. Y'all had line dances in college? Yeah. We did line dances in high school for a gym module, and that was it. I never had to do line dancing again. I can't with the critter music. <laughs> I actually never learned line dancing. They tried attempting to do square dancing with a, like one grade above me, but they never really taught it to my grade when I went there. No more square dancing. Though I will say, when Coach and Shu are back at Will's apartment, Will is so much hammered. Like, Yeah, is that... Is that now, or is that after the piping hot size of humble pie? Mm. Yeah, so after the bar scene, we go to Rachel and Kurt uh, cleaning up after Rachel's party, which mm -hmm. is like, this is Monday night at the earliest, Rachel. Yes. The school sting. Yes. Like, I'm surprised she left it dirty like that for a whole weekend or a week. Look, she's trying to focus on songwriting about being drunk and trying to date Blaine. <laughs> Yeah. 
But also, Kurt, why did you come help Rachel when you clearly had Blaine tell you that he's going on a date with her? Because he has to regulate Blaine's sexuality to fit his own perceptions. But also, not only is he, like, there to clean, she already went on the date with him, right? That's how that scene was. But he's, he's trying to convince her. He's, he's trying to show her the evidence that Blaine cannot be interested in women. More biphobia. Yeah. He's like, he literally sits Rachel down and he flat out says like, Rachel, he is, Blaine is the first in a long line of non-heterosexual men that you are going to date without realizing that they are not heterosexual. <laughs> or even like, like Blaine is the first person in a long line of people that you're going to date who are later going to realize that they're not into you because incompatible sexualities. Rachel then tells Kurt like, you know what? I'm gonna kiss Blaine sober, and if we're still into each other, if we kiss when we're sober, then I'm taking you to your favorite bakery for a piping hot slice of humble pie. And, like, that phrase delights me, and I will use it. Yeah. But also, Rachel's like, if, uh, if I'm sober, he probably will still like me. I look at Rachel. No. 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 Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So then we cut over to Beast dropping Will off at home. That's when we cut off, because I... This is what happens when Rachel has a scene, I forget about it, because <laughs> it's Rachel. <laughs> Just block it from your memory. Yeah, I, blo I blocked it from my memory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the thing is that- What happens? She is, like, so drunk, but Beast, he's not, because, like, built a lot sturdier and can handle their alcohol better. But he's clearly still drunk because Will is like, I'm just going to grade some papers. And Beast doesn't even blink at that. Like, yes, you're, you're creatively hammered. This is a great time for you to give students also, grades. Also, it's like, we yeah. did everything right. We had drunk. We had fun. We didn't drive. So meaning they had, a, like, before Uber and Lyft, they called a taxi to drive them to and yeah. from the place, which is not bad. That's a smart thing. But, they're mm. like, but they still discuss, of like, what can we talk, talk with kids about the dangers of alcohol, though? Mm-hmm. And Coach Beast says something good, which I wrote down word forward, which is, we can't stop the students from drinking if that's what they want to do. The best we can do is make them aware of the dangers and just hope they're smart enough to make a, a good decision on their own. And then they both laugh because they know that they're in glee. That, that and also, <laughs> yeah, just turn a blind eye if, some, if another kid gets drunk. Who cares? So then Beast leave and Will does in fact grade the papers. I love him drunkenly yeah. grading them all A, A. Nice try, Yay, A. Yay, happy face. Happy face. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who Valiant you are. Effort. I don't know who you are, but here's the thing. On that paper, it was Mike. Oh, no. Oh, Mike. no. It was Mike's paper he was grading because Mike's name was on the top. My friend, One of my friends pointed it out. And then he does the one thing you're never supposed to do. He pulls his phone out and he drops it. And I'm like, Oh yeah, it's this part. He thinks he call drunk calls Emma, and we learn later he didn't. <laughs> he drunk calls someone. He calls someone. The very next day, he shows up to school hungover, glasses on him. He talks with Emma, and he's apologizing, and she does not. Well, know wait. Hmm? Wait. Yeah. No. Yeah. This is when it happens. Yeah. 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 I just I just wanted to make a specific mention that Will comes like he he walks into school and he's confronted by principal figgins oh yeah who is, like 
Will, William, I'm very excited for the assembly that you have today. And Will's like, why are you screaming and why is your cologne so strong? And Figgins is like, I wear Dracar Noir. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. But yeah, then sorry, what were you saying, Casey? Well, basically like... My chronological obsession got the best. No, you're good. You're good. I actually like that you can remember some things I cannot remember from the episode. Uh, but he go he runs into Emma... And he starts to apologize about the call, sex call he accidentally made to her. She does not recall even getting a call from him. And then who shows up right behind him? Mm -hmm. Sue. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I remember now Sue got it. Oh, this is a little bit completely bad and also kind of make me go later. Why doesn't Mr. Shoe sue Sue? Why doesn't Mr. Shoe get fired? <laughs> like, Yeah! Like, ah, Can we add a list of how many times Mr. Shu should have gone fired? The limit does not exist. Exactly. No! Also, also, okay, so, so speaking of chronological disturbances, I just realized that this really throws things for a loop. So it's a school day. It's yes. the day of school. The kids are at... Oh, wait, no, I mean... Hey, y'all, I forgot that Kurt didn't go to McKinley anymore. Yeah, Kurt, <laughs> yeah, Kurt doesn't go to McKinley right now. So this must... This must be like a teacher's day for Dalton because Kurt gets to stay at home and teach his dad how to bake souffles in the middle of a school day. Or it could have been after. I thought it, I thought it was a weeknight. No, because this happens between Mr. Shu getting to school and the assembly. Oh. Uh, could have been another. I'm willing to put that on the editor. I'm, think I'm putting <laughs> that as another day. Because like they never keep up with any of the days in the Glee universe. But Figgins does walk up to Will and say, the assembly is today, I'm so excited. And then it cuts to Kurt and Bert making souffle, and then it cuts back to the assembly. Yeah, uh, it's weird. That could, I feel like the souffle scene was supposed to happen before the Rachel cleaning up scene, but they switched it. I have no idea. I don't know. Like, they can't... Editor of Glee, you're doing a bad job keeping things in order. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we cut to Kurt and... Bert and Kurt's teaching to make a souffle mm -hmm. when they have a lot of different talks about stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Kurt is mainly bitter because of the Blanchel situation. Mm -hmm. And Bert and Kurt have a conversation which amounts to like, look, no, uh, like in this house, platonic sleepovers only, and that's just if you let me know ahead of time. <laughs> and in the way of a dad, he says something to the effect of like, oh, like, no. Like, please don't have someone over that you're going to want to sleep with. And <laughs> there's a part where, where Kurt is like, okay, like, what do you want from me here, Dad? And Chris Colford just, like, turtles his neck and, like, pulls his head back so far on his shoulders. And it was like, <laughs> it feels like a very authentically teen move. And he says something, he brings up the fact that, like, Bert's like, oh, I watched Brokeback Mountain and I don't know what went on in that tent. And Kurt is like, maybe you should find out so that I can ask you if I have questions about sex like a heterosexual teenage boy would. Oh. <laughs> or even a heterosexual teenager. Yeah. That's good. I like Also, it. Bert kind of like, oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just put a picture of Kurt turtling his neck. I, uh, he, yeah, Chris Cover likes to do that motion a bit throughout the season. Like a turtle, yeah. But also, I feel bad for Bert. He tried making a souffle for the first time. And it felt a little Souffles bit. Souffles are hard. Souffle I never made a souffle yet, 
But I will say when I started baking, I was like, okay, I want to try the most hard dessert ever. I went with creme brulee. Oh, my God. And I know how to make creme brulees now. Congratulations. Yeah, they're pretty. I make them pretty good. I'm glad you didn't stick to the status quo. <laughs> Tanner! <laughs> I remember when that came out. Same. It's time for the assembly. Yeah. Fingers tried to invite a celebrity whose name I can't remember to talk about stuff. Uh, and it's they like couldn't make it. Kitty Dukakis. Yeah. Yeah, Kitty Dukakis couldn't make it, but he brought the police chief in just so a slideshow of grisly accidents and everyone cheers. Yeah, and okay, so that is the most authentically awareness assembly that Glee, like, they got that perfectly accurate. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, real context here at my high school, every year, like, well, first off, in my high school, we had an organization called Turning Resources and Energy in New Directions, which was called Trend. And it was like the anti-drug and alcohol group, of which I was president. New Directions? <laughs> yeah, I know. But yeah, it was the anti-drug and alcohol group, and I was involved in it through all of high school. And every year, my high school, usually right before prom, would have a recreation of a fatal driving accident. Oh, like, we'd put it on in coordination with usually the theater department and students against drunk driving, and, like, the fire department would be involved, <laughs> and we would just, it, I think it was like we would just summon the entire senior class out to the parking lot where we would have this recreation be put on, and it I don't know how effective it was, but the whole grisly slideshow of auto accidents is authentic to the high school experience mm. not just high school because i okay so like a year after my i got my first car which i mm -hmm. want to say was like 2012 yeah i got into an accident where what had happened was when i was oh. backing out of a parking spot i got my front bumper hooked on like a, a big sign in the parking lot Oh, and no. I got hooked on the leg, and when I was backing out, I didn't realize it was attached, so I almost basically pulled the whole front bumper Ouch. off. Oh, jeez. Now, because, like, technically, I was at fault in the eyes of my insurance, and because of that, I had to go to a remedial driving course to keep my license from being suspended, or however it worked. Yeah. But for whatever, I, I guess for whatever reason... I was like one of the, I was the only person in that class who was in there because I had a quote unquote collision with a stationary sign that resulted in no human injuries whatsoever. Wow. But everyone else in that class, or at least they assumed that everyone else in that class was there for driving under the influence because we got the whole grisly murder slideshow, or not grisly murder, well I guess... The, the, gri the grisly car accident scene slideshow, we got that whole thing and discussions on why not to drive under the influence. And I'm sitting here in the back like, what the, this has no relevance to me. All, all I needed to learn was to be more observant of when I'm backing out of Don't places. Don't drive under a sign, Tanner. Yeah, it's like, oh, like, how, how is it possible that no one, like, bumped their car against a concrete divider in a parkade or some shit like that. But no, like, the, the you've assumed that everyone in here is here because of alcohol reasons? Sheesh. I think, I mean, I had, like, the same thing, like, for Christina. Like, they would actually take, like, cars that were part of a actual drug accident and put them in the football field for during prom season. But when I was doing a driver's ed classes for high school, they would, there was one morning... 
like way early in the morning before I started my classes, they would have my driver's ed class in, in that morning. They decided to show the dangers of drunk driving by showing that the UK drinking and driving awareness commercials, which are more gruesome than the United States. I literally, Yikes. like, I saw, like, there's one notable one called I Can't Take My Eyes on You. And for, and for those listening, please be careful when you watch it because it's not pleasant. Where this man is holding his girlfriend against this, like, brick wall. Like, they're just being cute. This drunk car comes out and over, pins the girl, kills her boyfriend, and she loses her legs. She lost, and her boyfriend dies because of a drunk driver. It's, uh, not fun. It was not fun to watch that at, like, 7 a.m. in the morning. And I look at that, I go, Jeez. Well, I'm going to be anxious for the rest of the day because of that. Thank you, high school. Oh. And, um, hey, we're not the only ones. I wasn't the only one anxious. The New Directions team are anxious to perform in front of their student body, even though this is technically not the first time they've done this. Yeah. Although it's never ended up well for them whenever they perform in front of people. No. How can they live up to Kesha, who's been a pop culture icon for weeks? <laughs> and this was during around the time she was doing auto-tooting long before we knew what actually was going on behind the scenes. Yeah, this was this was yeah. the start of Kesha's whole career, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, K-E, dollar sign, sha. I, I, I cringe. Could dollar sign, ha. I cringe at <laughs> that. Performing the song Tick and also Talk. Before yes. TikTok was nap. And like backstage, like everyone is like, "Oh, we are, we are so screwed. We just wanted to do Kesha justice, and all of us are here in our post-apocalyptic Kesha party outfits. Artie's <laughs> wearing goggles on his head. Um, Brittany's nervous because, like, she's the one blonde that is obligated to not only sing Kesha songs but also Britney songs. As a castmate of mine told me last night, and I'm like, "Oh my God, you're right." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because they're nervous. Rachel uh, Rachel produces a, what looks like a juice container, but it's filled with, uh, it's filled with pub juice, which yeah. is, which is brandy, vermouth, port wine, Kool-Aid, cough syrup, and crushed up Oreos. Like, I'm sorry, crushed up Oreos is, does not sound pleasant I- no. at all. Like, those are only good in milkshakes. I don't get why she crushed up Oreos. I feel like she was drunk. She's an alcoholic. She's an alcoholic. I feel like she did that to maybe add some sweetness to it. But it for some reason, it looks purple. And when she said it, yeah. she put cough syrup. That's the Kool-Aid. That's part, it's the Kool-Aid. Oh my mm-hmm. god. It, I've not seen purple Kool-Aid in her forever. That makes more sense why it looks like that color. But yeah, it's, it's bad and gross. And I can't believe that everyone drinks it. Yeah, she yeah. says that some performers like to take shots before they start their performances. And I'm like, some. That's why the keyword some is there, Rachel. Yeah. And, but everyone, everyone takes a cup as she passes it around and they all toast to Kesha. And I'm surprised then there's no teachers behind the curtain or Mr. Shu behind the curtain to see th- he's still hung over he's, he's probably still <laughs> hung over yeah and then of course we get the song tiktok which i thought it was fun i loved i actually yeah, i think the song itself was good <laughs> that that was the best number honestly because like you got heather morris as Brittany doing some great dance moves like that little split towards mm-hmm. the end was so good and apparently they shot this dance number on her birthday yeah. and she said that the best gift she could have gotten was everyone saying how good a dancer Aww. she was so on the behind the glee there was a youtube comment that said heather pukes on leah 
Heather, best birthday ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yes, yes. Also, Kesha loved this cover. Oh, wow. Yay. Because, like, like, the music is good. Like, Heather Morris does a good job as lead vocalist. And my intro was at least they didn't have Rachel singing lead. Oh, my God. I would have been so pissed. Yeah. But, yeah. They do a good job. And there's a point at which during... Brittany, like, stumbles over to Rachel and she's like, I don't feel good. And we're just like, keep dancing. Even though, yeah, she, like, oh my god, Rachel's really is a bitch for not caring about how another person is feeling or if he feels sick. Yes. Yes. This is why Rachel Berry is secretly the devil. Maybe. Secretly? No, she is still the personification of pride. I mentioned this earlier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But yeah, um, and then right before the song ends, Brittany ends up puking gray bile all over Rachel. It looks purple. And Santana. They pull a pitch perfect. Yeah, Santana hurls all over the audience. I don't know, she doesn't, no, she doesn't even hurl on the audience, she hurls on the floor. Okay. Yeah. She should have done it on the audience, it'd be more dramatic And then Leah Michelle, like, mm-hmm. like, Rachel walks off, and then Heather Morris is like, um, what she says something funny, like, uh, everyone drink, and drink responsibility, drink responsibly, <laughs> drink responsibility, <laughs> drink some responsibility. And juice. then Mr. Shu is horrified. Figgins is like, oh my god, even though uh, I would like to point out that Figgins was vibing before this, yeah, <laughs> uh huh, uh huh, he was vibing. And then Figgins likes TikTok, yeah, but Mr. Shu is so horrified. And then do we cut to the morning announcement from sue mm-hmm. yeah we cut to lauren doing the xylophone thing from greece which i love that little like easter egg yeah i love lauren <laughs> lauren's great oh, sweet. both laurens are great yes wait no becky becky is her character Be- becky. It's becky becky played by lauren and lauren played by ashley yes. yes so so becky played by lauren does the xylophone thing from greece and then sue has to stop her and then she's like i ha- i've come to make an announcement mr shu mm-hmm. Is tried to seduce me by sending me a drunken voicemail, which I'll now play for everyone to Even hear. Even though technically <laughs> she shouldn't be doing that. That has never stopped Sue Sylvester. Yeah, but she doesn't anyway. Rules are fake. And the thing is, this is when Mr. Shu is teaching a class. With the Glee kids With in it. some of the Glee kids, not all of them. Yeah. And she she plays this this drunken voicemail from Will and it turns out that when he called Sue, he thought he was dialing Emma. And it's a lot of stuff about, like, oh, I just think you're so cute. And I love the way your gloves crinkle when you wear your plastic gloves to unpack your lunch and sanitize the lunch table. And there's something in there about, like, when I was riding a bull at the honky-tonk bar, I was, th- I, something thinking about you. And... Like, Let's just get crazy and just like roll in the hay. Yeah. And like the Glee kids are alternate, like everyone is alternately shocked, concerned, and amused. And, and Emma is having feelings about it. Yeah. Her continued yeah. feelings of that of forbidden love that she wish, like, we know they're going to get together. But even then, it's like she's completely shocked. But also, very, I feel like she's also into it. Who knows? It's hard to tell with her expressions. Yeah. And it ends with Sue Sylvester going, Will Schuster, you've just been publicly humiliated. Yep. <laughs> and Becky leads out with the xylophone, but Sue has to stop her again because she's going out a little bit long, just like in the movie <laughs> of Grease. <laughs> oh. And time for consequences. Yes, yeah, time for consequences now. But not negative consequences. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Which again, like I mentioned before, I kind of like how things all I kind of like how things work out. So we've got the whole Glee Club and Will in Fagans' office waiting for Fagans to show up. Well, Will is concerned that the kids are gonna get uh, expelled if not suspended. Uh, and Santana's like, "You're one to talk boozy von Drunkaton." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then Fagans comes in and he's like, "Congratulations! You're all so good at musical theater acting." <laughs> You have scared everyone straight. He gives them, like, gift cards or a coupon or something. Yeah, 50% off frozen yogurt. But the thing is, yep. and when that happened, I was like, oh my god. This was, like, one of the last, uh, they never suffer any consequences type of shows I've seen. Because, like, later in newer shows, new modern stuff, whenever a consequence is shown, they don't, it's not swept out under the rug happy ending. There's some epi- series that actually li- have the characters live with those consequences and get and they get mad at them for that. It kind of shows how much uh, television has changed from Glee to current right now. Consequences in my Glee, <laughs> it's less likely than you think. Yeah. I mean, I would say this is probably a good thing just for continuity's sake. Like, if we if we did have the implication that they were going to suffer serious consequences after this, those probably would have been dropped after, like, two episodes. And that's the thing is that I feel like the shows you mentioned, unless it is their entire premise, those consequences also tend to get dropped after two or three episodes, and then we just never talk about it again. Mm-hmm. But here it's like, here at the Glee Club, we have more seasons with you guys. Here you go, have all the Froger. <laughs> And then Figgins does uh, pull Will aside and is like, I've, my pastor is available to meet with you about your love addiction. Which means that Figgins believes that Will is in love with Sue or Emma, and but he also believes that that whole voicemail was either sober or acting. Yeah. I'm surprised that Figgins still has a job, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Th- thankfully, everyone then adjourns to the Glee Room. And Will's like, I'm very glad that none of us lost our jobs or were suspended or expelled from school. Yeah, he he does give them shit for actually being drunk during the performance. And Quinn's like, there's a fair amount of the pot calling the kettle black here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to which Brittany leans over to Mercedes. That is so racist. <laughs> and Mercedes is like, honey. Honey, no. Honey. <laughs> oh, Brittany. So Will declares that he is no longer drinking. And then the kids are like, but if you don't drink, what will you have to live for? I have plenty in my life without beer. Like, what exactly? Yeah. What, Mr. Shoe? What? Sheet music. Sheet music. Yearning for Emma. Journey. (laughs) Almost hair gel. Thinking of what he would have done if he actually made a career in entertainment instead of becoming a teacher. (laughs) Well, that's why he spends the entire series just living vicariously through the Glee kids. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. But yeah, so he pulls out some like pledge forms and he's like, I want you all to agree to abstain from drinking until nationals uh, because he he knows that they're kids and they're going to do stuff. And he he doesn't expect them to be sober for their entire high school lives, but he at least wants them to think seriously about the consequences of drinking and Mm -hmm. maybe treat it as a reward for doing well and getting the whole club to nationals. And also, his number is in the top corner, to which Sam just does a fist bump. Yeah, yes. I kind of, I yeah. look at like, Sam, you always wanted to talk talk with Mr. Shu? What? Now I can finally drunk down my teacher in a completely heterosexual way. <laughs> I kind of understood Sam in this, because when I was in high school choir, we were given our choir director's phone number, 
within the context of we are traveling to this competition and I need you to be able to reach me if we get separated from the group. Because at least in my choir program, it was like treated as like a measure of respect. Like, like you are respected enough to have the teacher's phone number and to not misuse it by prank calling or whatever. Yeah. Also because my choir teacher was and is super cool. I also feel like the reason maybe like Sam was also excited for that is because, oh, I can actually ask my t- teacher questions of our classes that I don't get. And he could help me with little hints. I feel like that's also another little thing, too. But the true reason is so that if the kids ever do end up get drunk, then they can call Will anytime, place, and he'll come pick them up and get them home, and he won't be mad at them or anything. Mm-hmm. Which is also, that's actually very, I did like that. That was actually a very nice thing to, to do. And they're like, what yeah. do we do uh, when it's over? And he'd be like, I will buy sparkling cider for everybody to celebrate if we win. Yeah. I will buy alcohol for the teens as a teacher. A responsible thing to do. I mean, sparkling cider is non-alcoholic. Yeah. I will spike it myself for you kids <laughs> because I trust you. Double sparkle. I feel like Mr. Shu would buy the sparkling cider and then Puck walks behind him, secretly adds a couple drops of alcohol to make it more alcoholic. I mean, you need more than a couple drops. Yeah. Maybe put a, a shot of tequila. Sam calls Will and Will leaves the room and then, yeah, Puck just empties the thing of tequila yep. in. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, time for a scene that should have been earlier because it, it felt like the scene with everyone signing the pledge not to drink until after Nationals should have been the end of the episode. Yeah. Also, I would have loved to have just cut this entirely. <laughs> Rachel wants Blaine to give her vaguely Eurasian children. <sighs> which is... Which is... <laughs> fucking a whole it's a whole other thing because like like Dar- darren chris he is actually wait hold hold up a sec i'm gonna google this because i want to he make is sure half I say filipino yes he is he is he is half filipino which is just like a whole other fucking ball of wax with rachel but she's here laying a kiss ambush yeah because kurt says that he gets his uh non-starbucks drink at this time every day yeah and so he gets there, she plants a sober kiss on him, gives it a moment, and then he goes... Buffering. Buffering. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Blaine, buffering? Buffering? Yeah, I think I'm gay. And I look at that and I go, mm-hmm. good choice, especially because you don't want to be with Rachel. Yeah. But also I go, it would be interesting to have a, bl- a bisexual character in a show, but not right now. This is why we get Rosa in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I feel happy for her. I, I feel like, and like, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Tanner, I feel like we get Glee characters in future seasons who are bisexual in all but text. Well, no, the only bisexual on the show is Brittany and uh, non-canonical ball Santa, but neither of them are ever, like, stated to be, oh no, Brittany is stated to be bisexual, but that's, like, bisexual brackets derogatory, so... Yeah, uh, it, it even when they do stuff, it's not better. Yeah, my goodness. But here's the thing that happens. I we were laughing at that, but and we're thinking, okay, Rachel's gonna be sad. Kurt goes over to her, and she's like, "No, that was brilliant." And she's like, "I finally have inspiration for my a song." And I look at that, and I'm like, "Oh, you son of a bitch." Yeah, it it's just it's disgusting. I don't like the idea of like. Oh, the only reason that I am dating someone who turns out is gay is 
The only reason that I dated him is so that I can milk creative... Nope, that's a bad adjective. Um, the only reason that I dated him is so that I can so that I can find creative material for my passion project. And it's like, that's a really scuzzy reason to date someone, Rachel. Yeah, that really is, like... I mean, it's Rachel Berry, it, Yeah, it's so. Rachel Berry, but it's like, I would say you can add a list of all the terrible things she's done, but it will go around the, the world exist. multiple times and how many bad shit she has done over the course of the series yep and it, like this is one of the many but thankfully that was the last of the episode yeah yes oh so now we can go into end of episode ranking things casey what song do you want to give a gold star to? TikTok. yeah that's yeah great. it's one of the it's the mo- best choreography best singing and yeah, it kind of like escalated to the little throw up scene at the end, but it was still the best number in the whole thing. Christina, how about yourself? TikTok. What about you, Tanner? Tick and also talk by Kadalar Sign Ha. Yes. Yeah, all, all right. the other songs were just kind of there. At least this one had some energy. That was yeah. probably the Oreos. I think that if Don't You Want Me Baby had not had Liam Michelle involved with it, I would have. It would have been a contender for best. Mm-hmm. But oh my god. As it is. If they replaced Lee Michelle with Chris Colfer, it would have been more interesting. Yeah. But they had to do the weird subplot of Rachel trying to almost, yeah. like, uh, blame, so... Yeah. Ugh. So, Casey, what would you give a gold star moment to that is not a musical moment? Oh, my God. Oof. I do not- Oh, this is really hard, because this is so- There's so much in this episode that was- Ranged from weird to awful. Oh, dear God. Um, We'll get to the awful stuff in a second. What did you like? <laughs> I like the nice growing friendship between Coach uh, Beast and uh, Mr. Shu. I'll give a gold star to that, because I like that they have a- They're still having a nice growing friendship between the two of them. I'll give up their friendship a gold star. Nice. Yay. What about you, Tanner? Uh, my favorite moment was Will giving them his uh, number on the pledge sheets because it goes very in line with the whole the moral of the A plot is not teens do not drink. It is teens are going to drink. So as adults, we have to teach them responsibility and give them resources to help them when they mess up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Christina, what was your gold star? I think I have to give my gold star to everyone's acting in the drunk montage. Ooh. <laughs> Because it, it was fun, and I enjoyed myself. Uh. Now, on the count of three, let's all say what moment we want a slushy. One, two, three. Biphobia. Biphobia. I was late! No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to pour a whole slushy over that moment. Mm-hmm. Not only is it bad, but it's also not good. Yeah, can we, is there yes. any way we could find like a giant world record size cup of slushy to just pour over the whole entire production scene of that one is there a way i wouldn't do that to the poor crew i would just do it to the writers yeah oh oh my god go back in time and slushy ian brennan yeah oh my god yeah put it over the writer room and be like this is what you deserve and pour it and be it'll drop red like carrie's blood from carrie Oh, but then, but then we'll set up a stable time loop, and Ian and Ben will be like, "Wow, I can't believe that mean bisexual from the future." <laughs> I better take it out on Blaine. Oh no! You oh, no, created a time paradox. No, you created a time loop. You created a bootstrap paradox. No! 
don't know what that is. It's when you you pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, but you can't do that. It's when a thing only exists because the thing exists. Huh. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'll learn my lesson. I'll never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> don't time travel when drunk that's the lesson of this Agreed. week yes. <laughs> yeah no time travel while you're drunk no all right so casey thank you for being here today thank you so much for yeah thank yeah, you thank you so much for having me this was so much fun i had so much fun i'm glad that you had a good time oh, yeah hey i get to talk about a very bagly episode with two very wonderful hosts so this was a lot of fun yeah it was v- very much when i was a when a friend ac- accused me of liking Glee, and I told them there's a difference between liking Glee and liking to watch Glee. Yes. True. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference. I just also realized, I wonder if someone did a drinking game out of this episode. I mean, I really hope not. Uh, well, if you did it safely. Yes. And they called Matthew Morrison after because they got too drunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Casey, is there anywhere you can be found on the oh, internet? Oh, yes, there is. Yeah. You can actually find me on Twitter at, at msnightmare24. You can follow me on Instagram at MissNightReviews. I have my YouTube channel, Miss Nightmare Reviews, where I don't know when this will be posted, but I back in full swing with reviews on there. I also am part of two podcasts. I am part of the One Crazy Weekend podcast, where we take a look at wrestling shows from WrestleMania 2019. And this is right before the pandemic happened. And also I'm part a co-host of the E-Tech Gazette. A salute to all nations, but mostly the Disney parts. But this time for this season, we're taking a look at Universal Studios attractions for season two. And yeah, that's all I can really think of to promote besides all that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. A lot has changed since I last talked with Christina. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now for the outro part. Loser Like Me is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. We can be heard on your podcasting platform of choice, and if we aren't there, let us know and we'll work on getting there. We can be found at Loser Like Me Pod on Twitter and through loserlikemepod at gmail.com. Uh, we also do have a Discord server if anyone wants to talk about Corner Podcast Network related shows. Not related shows. Corner Podcast Network shows uh, like Home for Wayward OCs and Not If I Reboot You First and Faithful in this show, of course. Uh, so if you're interested in being on the server, let us know and we can get you that invite. Uh, next time. What's next time? Next ne- time we fuck. <laughs> oh, no. Well, well, no, actually, next time we discuss the fuck. Ah, next time we get to deal with a returning guest star. Ooh, good luck, you two. Oh, thank you. You're gonna need it. We'll survive. Before then, we end the episode by counting down and saying, and that's what you missed on Glee. And it's okay if you don't match up with us personally. In fact, it's preferable not to. So, three, two, one. And that's that's what you missed on Glee. Glee. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff this show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To loser like me Loser like me Loser like me